New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. MMA strategy show We're here to get you ready for Saturdays. UFC Vegas number 47, of course. I am Jason Floyd. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. We'll talk about Prize Picks a little later on the show because uh, there were some uh, some numbers over Prize Picks that definitely uh, suck out to me. Where we're talking about fight time, significant strikes, takedowns. Definitely, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Prize Picks come up here later on in the show. Of course, if you got any questions on the fights, be sure to line those up in the chat or also in our Discord chat as well. We'll get to those as we do go on. But of course, as always here. On Osmo MMA coverage, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, can I can I please get a Pete the Heat cribs on your IG like I saw Sean Strickland do? Maybe, but I, I don't know if it'd get as many clicks as that Sean Strickland one did. Uh, that was quite the experience. If you if you listened and watched that, it was he's such an odd character, and the UFC is running with it, and uh, they understand that his weirdness is somewhat like clickbait so so they're they're utilizing it they put out a piece on their instagram today about their sensor like him going through different nicknames and in the, the joke was they basically censored him for about three minutes straight because every word out of his mouth is a swear bro like some of the i i uh i talked about last time on my podcast about some of the uh tremendous lines that he had in this one yeah um he's walking to his kitchen holds up a bottle of lube and says, never have too much lube. Then he goes to the kitchen counter where he has three guns, and he talks about what each gun is for. One of them mentioning about if he's walking to the mailbox and someone comes up on him. And then he, sh- you know, first off, the other one was uh, goes into the bathroom where I guess he's got a little issue flushing the toilet. And so he you know, lifts up the thing, pushes it down, puts his hand in the water, doesn't even wash his hands. And then he goes to his bedroom, and then he goes, bed frames is for expletive losers <laughs> yeah this guy man he, he's uh developed a personality i just think he's somewhat of a lunatic and he's embracing it um very very weird uh extremely talented fighter but uh as far as just a person he's a very very odd individual and uh his cleanliness would definitely not fly at my gym um yeah he, he, he would be probably kicked out before he started yeah, man, that, that was, if you've not seen that video out there, it's on his Instagram. Be sure to check that out. Of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Of course, we're going to be breaking down all of these fights. Of course, you're not subscribed also. Be sure to do that. 
And of course, if you're not also a plus member, you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall. Today's free premium data and tools are NBA ownership rankings and NHL player rankings. Of course, we also have our monthly podcast giveaway. Just subscribe to our podcast channel, leave a five-star review with your Osmo username or Twitter handle to be entered in a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Of course, uh, you want to have that, uh, especially Pete, on a card like this. Like to me, like look, this is not a sexy card on paper. I mean, I mean, solid main event, no question about it. Mm-hmm. But this is just, it's not a sexy card. So, like, this is one of those ones. It's still an opportunity for us to make money on DraftKings, FanDuel, Prize Picks, but it's just not a sexy card, but a great main event. Yeah, I mean, I like the main event. There are some spots that we definitely want to target throughout. Some live betting spots. Um, in general, though, I don't really care who's fighting. Um, you know, like for Bellator cards or whatnot, there's there's fight tape to watch. There's money to be made, and there's always an edge. So, thanks for tuning into the show. Can't wait to break down some of the fights, and then on Saturday, break them down even further after watching the uh, the weigh-ins. Of course, main event will be Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, 8,800 over on DraftKings, 7,400 for Hermanson. Don't have FanDuel salaries as we do this show. We'll talk about FanDuel on Saturday for a live before lock. And, and you know, Pete, as I, I think about this fight, to me, it comes down to how does this fight play out? You know, can Sean Strickland keep the fight on the feet or can Jack Hermanson get this thing to the ground? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. I, I think that Sean Strickland is going to want to keep this upright on the feet so that he can brawl uh, with Jack Hermanson. Uh, Jack Hermanson's a serviceable striker when he needs to be, um, but everything that he does standing up is to set up his takedowns and set up his excellent submission grappling and vicious ground-and-pound arsenal. So um, I, I think that you know he could struggle trying to find takedowns against Sean Strickland because I do think that he's a well-rounded mixed martial artist. Um, as the fight does go on, we will have to see how their cardios check out. But honestly, I, I kind of view this fight and I've seen it play, you know, similar stylistic matchups play out where Jack Hermanson can get bullied at times and, and, and can get, you know, pieced up at times and uh, get end up TKO'd. I, I think that's what I'm somewhat predicting. Uh, even if it's not a TKO, I, I think that Sean Strickland should be the A side in this fight as long as it remains on the feet. Um, I'm going to get to a ton of exposure to it just because of Sean Strickland's, you know, resurgence back in the UFC after, you know, a, a brief hiatus dealing with that horrific injury. Um, you know, in the Uriah Hall fight, he scored 144 points and he, he went five rounds. So I, I do think that there is plenty of potential. The 8,800 price tag is warranted. Um, Jack Hermanson at 7,400, if you want to just, you know, equate it to value. He is one of the best value plays on the slate because if he gets you down his top control and his vicious ground and pound, he can beat anybody within the division. And he's got really, really sneaky head and arm chokes and guillotines from, from all different angles. So uh, with all that being said, I'm favoring Strickland pretty heavily in the matchup, but uh, this is MMA, man. Like I would actually love to see Jack Hermanson take down Sean Strickland and beat him into oblivion. I, I would like that. Um, I, I think he needs to get humbled a little bit, but uh, Strickland 8,800 sounds like a, a great play for me. Yeah, you know, one of the uh, questions we got over Discord uh, before the show uh, was from uh, Cash Max Seven, was said uh, basically saying, Does Strickland have star power, uh, star potential? Uh, I mean, look, I think the UFC is going to want to uh, see if they can uh, 
clean up uh, the, the edge of Sean Strickland there. But to me, like it's one of those things that, and, and my co-host, on my podcast, he brought up a, a great uh, line uh, last night where he said, he goes, you know, when a fighter is kind of becoming that star, he works your way into your Twitter algorithm. You know, when they, they show you those like you know, mm. tweets, they think you should like see a lot of Sean Strickland tweets over the past couple of days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's just not, you know, he's not politically correct. And I, I don't really know how much the UFC can really change him. Um, obviously they're going to want to have him avoid saying certain you know, silly things, but, uh, that's why they got the center, <laughs> the, the, the center bleep button. And I think they're going to need to use that whenever Sean Strickland's around the microphone. Yeah, no question about it, but I, I'm with you. I, I like Sean Strickland in the matchup. Now, the co-main event, we got Punahela Soriano, 8,600, taking on Nick Maxoff, 7,600. Um, you know, this is kind of, once again, a, a clash of styles here, Pete. You know, yeah. where if you're if you're Punahela Soriano, it's about keeping this fight on the feet and not getting into a jiu-jitsu matchup with Nick Maxoff. But, like, here's a, here's a question I have. This fight gets to the third round. Whose cardio do you trust? Yeah, I'd probably trust Nick Maxoff's cardio a little bit more. But with all that being said, it's a small sample size within the UFC um, and also in a fight where he was met with some resistance, but not like a, a ton of resistance and having to deal with a ton of adversity in that fight. Um, I think that Punahela Soriano is a very, very dangerous fighter within the division. His previous performance somewhat shocked me because, um, yes, he's an early finisher. And you always worry about an early finisher getting stretched out for 15 minutes because they're so used to getting in and getting out, getting paid pretty quickly. So um, as the fight was stretched out, he looked absolutely exhausted. Now, I do know that he has excellent minds surrounding him. So I would imagine that he would come in better shape, that they would make some camp adjustments to make sure that he does not gas out. But I'll tell you what, some fighters are not made to go 15 minutes and some fighters are made to go, you know, under one and a half rounds. And Punahel Soriano definitely has the capabilities of, of finishing anybody within the division. He's also a pretty talented defensive wrestler and off offensive wrestler. So I think his hips can can definitely help him in a situation right here against Nick Maximov, who's not even a serviceable striker, if I'm being honest. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but his jujitsu and his grappling overall is just unbelievable. And in his previous bout, he he shot 15 takedown attempts. Now, that is an impressive work rate and will test anybody's cardio regardless of the shape you're in. So I view this fight as like an extremely sneaky fight to target. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to want to get to the Punahela Soriano at 8,600. I am leaning in Punahela Soriano's you know, direction just because of the UFC tenure to this point where I've seen more in the cage. I can trust him a little bit more than Nick Maximoff. But I do have concerns surrounding his cardio. Uh, Nick Maximoff, if he gets anybody down, is live to pull off a submission win, get a ton of control time, win a decision even. But um, as that fight went on against Cody Brundage, you did see that Brundage had some success when he was able to really put a put his foot down and defend some takedowns and and uh, you know mix in some ground and pound. So this is a sneaky fight. As far as like underdogs this week, you have to be pretty selective. I don't hate getting to Nick Maximoff lightly. But I am still favoring Punahela Soriano. Um, Eighty six hundred, I think, is fair for a guy who can defend takedowns and work towards a finish. I, I would say on the betting side of the main event, co-main event, you know, looking at those prop bets of Maximov uh, and Hermanson to win by submission, I, I think are prop bets to kind of pay yep. attention to uh, this week here. But I mean, look, I, every week on the show, Pete, one of the things you always say is you got to be looking at those underdogs in the main event and co-main event. Yeah, for sure. So I always prioritize main event and co-main event underdogs. Um, and like MMA betting is different than MMA DFS, right? Like 
if I'm torn on a fight, then I'm probably not going to take a large stand on one fighter when in regards to betting. But uh, for for DFS, you can somewhat split your exposure and get the different variations and combinations of lineups for if you think a fight's going to be close or you can see it going one way traffic for either one of these guys. If you're heavily favoring a, a, a favorite or whatnot, obviously you don't want to get to the underdog. But in a situation like this where the co-main event could be competitive, I have no issues getting to either side. Next up, we've got Rachmanov and Harris. Rachmanov, 9,700 for Carlson Harris. Obviously, you know, Pete, when you, when you talk about the the prospects to pay attention on this card, Rachmanov, to me, is the guy that immediately jumps off the, the paper. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Shavkat Rachmanov is just a, an absolute finisher. And uh, his opponent, Carlson Harris, is a pretty damn talented fighter as well. And outside of his age, he would be labeled as a prospect. Um, he's just kind of break, you know, he's broken through within the UFC with two fantastic finishes over Christian Aguilera and Impa Kasanganai. Um, both guys that are pretty tough. And we thought that they were lower level within the UFC. I know a lot of people had Impa Kasanganai uh, pretty highly regarded, but uh, th- this is going to be a hell of a fight. I almost think that skill set wise, that this should be the co main event just because you have two incredibly talented fighters in all areas. Shavkat Rachmanov is a good striker, hits hard, has sneaky, sneaky chokes. Um, his finishing ability is is pretty fascinating. Carlston Harris, uh, you saw powerful punches, um, also really, really sneaky chokes, so good anaconda chokes. Uh, I just really like this fight, and I'm interested to see if they take a more cautious approach just because of the respect for one another. If they do then obviously this fight's not going to probably make it into the optimal lineup. But if somebody were to make a mistake, I would like to think that Carlston Harris would be the, the fighter to make the mistake first. And that Shavkat Rachmanov could capitalize on a situation like this. 9,000, 7,200 doesn't really project how competitive this fight could be. But I, I got to tell you that Shavkat Rachmanov is one of my favorite prospects within the UFC. And I'll, I'll be backing him here, but... I mean, if, if you hit Carlston Harris correct, he could land a shot, get a choke, and uh, put anybody out. But it's a it's a uh, Rachmanov pick for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Of course, uh, I mentioned about earlier on the show, this could be a card that I'm going to be using Fancy Cruncher on and using all the great tools and data we have over at awesomeo.com. And if you want to sign up for an Awesome Plus weekly pass, you can get that for $29.95. includes full access to all the great premium data and tools we have over at awesomeo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Discord, lineup builder, and so much more. And if you just want an Awesome MMA pass, you can get that as low as $2.95 weekly. And, of course, uh, as I always say, fancy cruncher you want to add that on to your account as that's going to help you out so much stop guessing start winning join awesome plus today next up we got a matchup that came together earlier on this week as uh sam alvey was of course going to be on this card his initial opponent pulling out of the fight uh due to undisclosed reasons and now brandon allen steps up and uh at 205 pounds here um, you know, but you know, Brandon Allen, high price tag, 9,300, Sam Alvey, 6,900. Um, I, I almost feel like Pete, it's a situation of friends. Don't let friends put Sam Alvey in their DFS lineup. Yeah. Until he's priced so, so cheap. Then it's like, man, even one shot from Sam, Sam Alvey could end up pulling off and all he needs to do is win in this situation. He's probably a part of the optimal lineup, but I, I'm with you. The general consensus is. Man, you just go elsewhere besides betting on Sam Alvey. I mean, one, two, three, four, five. He's he's on like a seven fight, six fight, you know, winless streak, which is absolutely ridiculous. 
and he's still within the UFC company guy. They like him. He'll fight anybody. Um, he's had a full camp, right? And Brennan Allen, to my knowledge, has not had a full camp, obviously, as a replacement. Always training, I would imagine, looking to rebound off of that um, that loss, knockout loss to uh, Chris Curtis in the second round. Um, you know, that that was back in December. So it's a little little soon to get back in there and uh, against a guy that hits really hard. Now, Sam Alvey just doesn't do enough or do a lot within a fight. And (laughs) I don't know how many fights he's actually been winning. Um, He's always seems like he's losing the fight until he lands that one shot, which can definitely happen against a guy that has, you know, some striking deficiencies and has, you know, he seems like he's, a little soft in the chin area at times. Uh, Brendan Allen, as far as skill set wise, the $9,300 represents his skills in this matchup. Significantly the better fighter overall than Sam Alvey. It's just how much trust you have in a guy to go out there at that price tag and pay off. I expect a you know more measured approach, picking Sam Alvey apart while Sam Alvey really just puts his back to the cage and waits for the perfect counter shot with occasional blitzes. Um, if he goes out there and he fights how he fought Punahela Soriano, I think it's going to be just a, you know, a, a nice masterpiece out there. And despite the short camp, 9,300 Brandon Allen, he's going to win the fight in my opinion, but the price tag's a little rich for a guy that's probably going to be a little hesitant. I, I love what you, you brought to the table there with Sam Alvey. This is just, he's not a volume puncher. The mm. last time Sam Alvey landed at least 60 significant strikes, Pete, I'm not even going to ask you to guess because you're not going to guess it right. <laughs> November 5th, 2016. Yeah. He has only landed more than 80 significant strikes one time in his UFC career, uh, Pete. His UFC debut in 2014. Damn. I mean, if you go, if you go through his, you know, record and his resume and you see who he's fought, he's fought like literally every name. Um, he hasn't had success against most of them, but, uh, he's always live to really like, you know, bust your parlays or, or spoil it because for some reason judges, it's always a split decision with him. Um, I think that Brandon Allen should be the rightful favorite and should get in there and just completely outclass him here. And you would imagine it'd be Sam Alvey's final fight within the promotion, but who the hell knows? Uh, I'm picking Brandon Allen, obviously. You look at Sam Alvey's last win, it was a split decision win. And you just kind of, you know, I think that if this is going to be a Sam Alvey win, I do think it's going to be by decision. And I think looking at his win against John Volante will tell you a lot of what you probably could expect, expect potentially in a DFS score. He had one knockdown, 53 significant strikes, 59 total strikes, no takedowns, no control time. Yeah. I mean, typically he, he's not going to go shoot takedowns. Uh, he's just going to counter fight put his back against the cage and hope to land one of those big shots. Uh, pretty difficult to take down at times, but uh, I think a guy in Brennan Allen, if he wants to incorporate takedowns, he absolutely could. Um, they could be hard to come by, but just the complete fighters, Brennan Allen here. And uh, I don't really see it being too, too competitive. By the way, uh, Tony, uh, appreciate you letting us know. FanDuel actually just posted their salaries. Okay. FanDuel a little ahead of the schedule here. Usually we, we don't get it here during the show on a Thursday. It's because, it's because everybody from our show is, is giving, them, giving them a hard time, and they finally decided, you know what, let's, let's, let's jump on the ball and, and get, it, get it out there on Thursdays. Uh, Brandon Allen, the second most expensive fighter over on FanDuel. He is $22. Sam Alvey, 
Uh, he is eight dollars. Yeah, still, I mean, still too rich for me, just because I know how Sam Alvey fights are. They're going to get stretched out beyond two rounds. And and, uh, and the other uh, thing is, he's like, um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, he's like Tyron Woodley. Yes. He loves to live behind that line to where he's literally one step away from having his back totally against the fence. Yeah. When If he were ever to like bite down on a mouthpiece and go forward and be an aggressive guy, he has powerful punches and he has good combinations. He just has to do it. And he seems like a shell of himself. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. The next match of the car was actually supposed to be the finale of the Ultimate Fighter season 29, but Trayshawn Gore had to pull out of the fight. He takes on Brian Battle here. What's your thought, Pete? Uh, I mean, I, I really like this fight, and uh, I feel like, you know, on a fight card like this, people are going to get desperate for underdogs. And whenever you're looking at, at the box scores or whatnot, you see Brian Battle's already had a fight within the UFC. Um, and against Urbina, he scored 97 points. But in that fight, he really had to deal with some adversity. He got cracked pretty hard. Um, he got wobbled. He got taken down, controlled for a little bit. And if you knew anything about the season, like Urbina's is, he always has a suspect gas tank. So we knew that kind of collapse was coming as the fight went on. But, uh, you know, Brian Battle really shouldn't have had to deal with too much adversity in that fight. It should have been not a cakewalk, but it should have been like a, a masterpiece. And I got to tell you that Treshawn Gore, despite being raw, I love his uh, his killer instinct. He throws that Lima leg kick, like an exceptional lower leg kick, uh, targeting the calf. Um, good punches, okay wrestling, not really the best. That's where I would say Brian Battle would would probably have the edge here. But Battle, you know, likes to stay on the outside and you know pick his shots and put combinations together. I just feel like Treshawn Gore is too powerful. I really do. I, I feel like Treshawn Gore is going to land a shot or two and he's going to wobble Battle. And with that unbelievable killer instinct, I think that he could end up getting him out of there. So I don't know if I'm going to be in the minority here, but I'm picking Treshawn Gore at 8,300. Um, New on Curiosity Stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections with monthly, annual, and bundled plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. A lot of people don't like picking somebody with so many unknowns and we haven't seen him since the ultimate fighter. So what has he been doing? How is he looking? Um, whereas Brian battle recency bias just coming off a win already within the UFC. So I'm favoring Treshawn Gore 8,300. I think the price tag for both of them, absolutely perfect. I'll get to both of them plenty, but it's a lean towards Treshawn Gore. 
Yeah, my, my lean was Gore as well, just primarily because of that power. I mean, look, the, the one concern that I do have is the lack of competition that he has faced. Yep. I mean, I mean, look, he, he's, you know, only had four professional fights. You know, those two fights on the ultimate fire don't don't count towards your professional record here. But, you know, price point wise, I, I love it at 8,300, 7,900. He's not that expensive over on FanDuel either. He's $17, but I don't mind getting the Brian battle either. He's $14 over on FanDuel there. But, um, you know, and, and, and I do like the fact that he, both these guys, I just said like look uh you know the ultimate fires in our past we're not fighting for the ultimate fire 29 it's just another fight in the ufc i, I do like what they had to say there uh next up we have got julian arosa take it on steven peterson 9200 for julian arosa 7000 for steven peterson and uh man when I, I initially i saw the betting line on this one on about a week or two ago i was like oh my mm. uh big price tag for julian arosa um you know, I mean, look, always, you know, there's ha- always have been those questions uh, about Julian Rosa's chin here, um, you know, but I mean, I, I favor him in the matchup. I mean, but it's just, it's a big price tag to pay for Julian Rosa. It's a massive price tag. And like that line is crazy whenever it's associated with Julian Rosa, just because of like, um, he's a liability sometimes. Like if he gets hit with a hard shot, he can get knocked down. We've seen it time and time again. And then in some situations, his, his chin is actually okay. And it checks out and, you know, um, he's picked up some pretty big wins within the UFC in this, in this final piece, uh, you know, Charles Jordan, Nate Landwer, Sean Woodson. Those are three like solid names that are actually a pretty impressive. Um, uh, I still have concerns about his durability, but Steven Peterson for the most part is not a guy that makes me worry too, too much about that. Steven Peterson mixes in takedowns, um, he likes to win rounds. Um, he he tries to just be a little bit more active than his opponents. It's not like Julian Arosa is going in there against a, a another KO artist. Uh, it could definitely happen, and anybody can shut anybody's lights out. But I, I think that Julian Arosa's like skill set wise, if he had like a, a strong chin, I think that he could actually go pretty far within the division. Um, just because he's a well-rounded mixed martial artist with tons of experience. You're talking about a guy with you know over 35 professional fights and. He has sneaky, sneaky submissions um, and a good, you know, kickboxing arsenal as well. So 9,200 for Julian Rosa. Does he find a finish? That's that's the one thing. Uh, Steven Peterson's a little difficult to get out of there. Um, I'm probably going to say no, he doesn't find a finish. I just expect him to outclass Peterson through 15 minutes. And as far as a, a betting standpoint, it's just a crazy line to associate with Julian Rosa. I'd probably want to, you know, get a better number than just the money line. I, I'd want to look into some of the, the winning methods and like a Julian Rosa be a decision or something like that, that, that could possibly be a little bit more beneficial to us. Or, or live betting type situation. 100%. Maybe Peterson early, wins early on. You know, I mentioned about there were some lines who were prize picks that stuck out to me. And of course, they are the sponsor show. And uh, one of them was related to Julian Rosa. Julian Rosa takedowns, one and a half. I would really? prefer to go go the over one and a half on that one. Really? Okay. I can um, see him going the takedown route in this one and not and trying to stay away from some some of these funky strikes uh, that that you know the the spinning attacks that Stephen Peterson wants to throw. I feel like he might be the he might be the the better striker in this. Well, he definitely is the better striker in this situation. The recklessness recklessness of Stephen Peterson could pose problems, but like. Arosa gets his takedowns when he's like probably getting pieced up. I'm going to say less on that. 
Really? I'm, we're, yeah. we're a little bit different there. Of course, uh, you know, prize picks, be sure to use that promo code Osmo for up to a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. And of course get one free month of also plus platinum. When you sign up and make a deposit at prize picks, you receive an email within 24 to 48 hours after you redeem your first month of of Osmo plus platinum. Of course, you can download the app store, Google play or play over prizepicks.com. You know, some of the other ones that, that suck out to me in terms of uh rock Monoff, one and a half takedowns was a Another one that, that kind of played out to me there, mm-hmm. but there was some ones over on fight time, Pete, that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, one of them was Punahana Soriano. It's at 10. I think I like the over in that one. I might agree with you, buddy. I, I think that's a good one. Brent Allen, 12 and a half. I almost want to say over. That's another one just because of, of Sam Alvey um, and, and kind of his, his fighting style there. Um, you know, over on the significant strikes, um, you know, the one that uh, kind of did stick out to me a little bit was, was Punaheli Soriano at, at 46 and a half. Um, the Sean Strickland number is a huge number at 103 and a half, which to me, that means you're thinking that thing's got to be hitting the fourth and fifth round. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. And probably, I mean, Hermanson's been durable at times. And if he keeps it upright, he could end up getting pieced up for four or five rounds. Of course, be sure to check out Prize Picks. They are the sponsor here of the Osmo MMA Strategy Show. Love playing over there at PrizePicks, PrizePicks.com to get started today. Let's move on to the next matchup, which will be Miles Johns taking on John Castaneda. Uh, Castaneda is a guy that I'm familiar with trained there uh, out of Minnesota there. Uh, you know, obviously 135 pounders here. What, what's your thought on this one? It's an interesting one because like with Miles Johns, I've picked incorrectly in the past. Um, you know, I, I know that he has some pretty big power for the division, good wrestling for the division, um, suspect cardio, if I really had to, to put a label on it. And uh, I think in a situation like this, when you're dealing with a guy and you can't get rid of him, that's when obviously you're, you're going to be a little bit more taxed and you're going to have to dig deep in a situation and uh, deal with that adversity. And it comes down to volume for me. And I think that a guy in John Castaneda, if you even look in one round against Eddie Wineland, he, I mean, he landed 42 significant strikes and um, scored 117 fantasy points. I think that uh, sexy maxi John Castaneda might be pretty popular this week due to his experience. And it's not a fight necessarily where I think a finish is going to happen. But I think it could just be a wild affair where the guy with the better cardio could end up pulling it off. And I'm actually going to pick John Castaneda to, to edge this one out. He seems like he has some crazy, you know, sneaky power as well, getting rid of Eddie Wineland, despite Eddie Wineland being at the tail end of his career. I am going to pick John Castaneda 7,300. I think that the value and the, the salary ranges are just a little too far. So I, I look at Castaneda as a, as a nice value piece under 8,000. I, I kind of had the same initial thought as just kind yeah. of a value piece of when you're looking at underdogs this week, you know, I mean, look, there's, there's not a ton of underdogs that just jump off the table at you. So it's like, no. okay, where am I going to take some chances here? Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I understand people want to take a, a chance on like a Sam Alvey with, you know, kind of, he just lands that one left hand and, and knocks it out here. But John Castaneda, you know, you would imagine he's going to be looking for those takedowns, the you know, ability to rack up some points there, rack up some time on control time. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is where, I mean, you got to look at those ownership projections and kind of figure out where you can find a little bit there, uh, in, in terms of that one. Of course, when you look at the one loss that Castaneda has in the UFC, that against Nathaniel Wood. He That's got pieced guy. up on the feed in that one. I like Nathaniel Wood. Like, I really do. I, I really do like Nathaniel Wood. And it's a guy I've been pretty high on through his regional run. And, uh, 
you know, the, the skills haven't really just translated into the UFC thus far as much as I thought that they would. But, you know, John Castaneda is sneaky. He's got sneaky grappling, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, um, just good volume. And I think the volume could be the difference maker here. Next up, we have got a matchup between, between Akeem Dawadu and Mark, uh, excuse me, Michael Trezano, 8,500 for Dawadu, 7,700 for Trezano. Like, to me, like, Dawadu, I, I just feel like has burned me so much in DFS. Mm. Uh, you know, he's gone to a decision in his last three fights. He's won two of those three fights. But when you look at those two fights that he won, just, you know, not great, not great from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, it's not. But I, I tell you what, both of these guys are in close fights time and time again. And this is going to be a, a highly competitive fight. And I think that a lot of people are going to want to get to the 7,700 Michael Trezano just because of it's a if it's a close fight, he could end up pulling this one out. Um, I do look at Hakeem Dawadu as a guy who hits with the, the bigger shots, the more powerful punches. Um, I think if a finish happens, it would more likely be uh, in his favor, um, finding that KO or uh, ending, you know, pr- probably via KO. Um, and uh, in the grappling department, that's the one one area where Trezano could possibly shine and get some sneaky takedowns. So I view this fight as like a uh, a high upside fight that I'll, I'll put in a good percent of my lineups, but I am leaning in the Hakeem Dawadu direction at 8,500. Um, if this does end up going the distance, I don't think that either one of them are going to make it into the optimal lineup, but it's the lean for, you know, the damaging shots, the powerful punches of Dawadu that I think is going to do enough to influence the judges and possibly work in his favor and pick up a uh, KO TKO. I mean, look, I like Dawadu to win the fight. I just, you know, it's that, that concern of what we have seen with him in the UFC from a fancy perspective, you know, to me, you got to get knockdowns. And like you said, you got to get that stoppage to get there. Uh, Next up, we've got a match between Chidi Injikwani and Mark Andre Barriott. Uh, Injikwani, 8,000, 8,200 for Mark Andre Barriott. And Pete, the immediate thing, when you look at the tell of the tape, that jumps out to you, 80 versus 74 a nose big size advantage here for Chidi Injikwani in terms of the reach. Yeah, I might be in the minority here, but I'll tell you what, that I think I'm going to be leading in Chidi Injikwani's direction. And it, and it really surprised me because I've been back in Mark Andre Barrio in a lot of his fights. And the, the one thing with Mark Andre Barrio is he crashes forward a lot and he really just continually presses you backwards. And when, when you're getting pressed backwards, you're not the same fighter and he's crashing into clinching range a lot. Now, I feel like he can't be as reckless in a fight like this, where in the past against uh, Dolce Lugumbula, uh, Abu Azatar, like all these fights where he's crashing forward and just kind of bullying his opponent. He's not dealing with like high, high level strikers. And Chidi Njikwani has literally faced some incredible strikers from Joe Schilling to all sorts of talent within kickboxing. And now making the crossover into MMA has been doing it for some time. He has some uh, some solid BJJ as well if it does end up there. But like Barrio crashing into the clinch range, I think is kind of a recipe for a disaster for a knee. Like Injikwani in the in the clinch, that Muay Thai, that the, the nice elbows, the nice knees to the mid, midsection. Like a lot of people don't capitalize in situations like this. And I think that, you know, Chidi Injikwani is a guy that could really just brutalize him to the body. So the salaries are correct. 8,200, 8,000, absolutely. I'll probably say that Mark Andre Barrio is going to be one of the most popular, you know, guys just because of uh, he has this UFC career 
uh, and, and has already picked up some, some solid wins and performances within UFC and is a part of Sanford MMA. But I'll tell you what, Chidi and Chikwani, I think it's going to su- surprise some people. I think he might end up getting him out of there. So at 8,000, I'll, I'll be taking the stand on Chidi and Chikwani from a DFS uh, aspect, but uh, uh, definitely a fight I want to have pieces of. And a little update over at awesomeo.com. Ownership projections are now up for uh, this slate, so be sure to check that over there at awesomeo.com and become an Awesome Plus member. Next up, we got a female matchup between Davis and Storolenko. Alexis Davis, 8,700. Big number here for, for Davis. Uh, Storolenko, 7,500. I've seen some people on social media kind of talk about this one and wondering if this is a sneaky, optimal fight. I mean, the volatility around women's MMA would probably point in the direction of yes. Uh, but Yulia Stoliarenko, um, outside of catching Alexis Davis in a quick submission, I don't really foresee how she's going to outskill Alexis Davis. And let's be real, though. Let's, let's, let's call it how it is. Alexis Davis has one, two, three, four. She's one and four in her past five. So we're not talking about a a fighter at the peak of her career. Um, she's older now. I do think that she did put in a, a solid performance against Sabina Mazo. Um, even in her previous performance against Penny Kianzad, Penny wasn't able to get her out of there. And uh, Alexis, uh, Alexis Davis landed 132 significant strikes, scored 61 points in a loss. She's able to get takedowns and solid control time from top position. And I think that a, a fighter in Eula Stoliarenko, who's so comfortable off of her back, could just be losing MMA rounds, right? Like she's just sitting there trying to pull off arm bars after arm bars. And if it doesn't happen, well, she's going to be on receiving end to a, for a lot of uh, ground and pound. So Alexis Davis at 8,700 initially is something I didn't want any part of, but I, I agree with you. I think it's a sneaky fight to target where there could be like DFS points galore. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't see Storolinko being able to submit Alexis Davis. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I but either. I mean, look, armbar from guard is always is always live in female fights. I mean, and she's good at it too. It's not like she's just like yeah. you know, all right. Like she's really, really good at her armbar setups. But uh, if I if I'm in Alexis Davis's corner or part of her camp, we've tailored a lot around armbar defense. And now you're just going to avoid the the dangerous positions as much as possible. Of course, the biggest betting favorite on this card. He's 9,400. Wow, I just see Pete already shaking his head mm-hmm. over here. Jonathan Almeida, Dekio Dillo, Marquise. Almeida, 9,400, 6,800 for Marquise. Uh, UFC debut for Almeida coming in off the contender series. Uh, Dino Marquise, I, I can't really trust him. Um, I, You know what? You tell me I got to roster one guy and not the other. I'm definitely rostering Almeida. I got a question for you. Oh, God. Who do you trust more, Sam Alvey or Danilo Marquez? Oh, man. Talk about bottom of the barrel, right? Can I go get a quarter and flip a coin, please? <laughs> I, You know, I just. Who is it? God, I mean. It's Marquez for me. Yeah, I'd probably go Marquez. But yeah, man, so, I mean, like, like you're literally, I mean, you're talking about you're at the bottom of the barrel here. Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are. But okay. So l- let me just kind of like break this down. 9,400 for a guy coming off a huge contender series win. All right. All right. In, in the contender series, he has excellent takedowns, like good body locks, good trips, reaps the leg. Well, um, gets in top position, 
has exceptional ground and pound. Now, I think that his ground and pound is what could lead to a lot of finishes in the future. Um, his fight IQ and his positional awareness is not going to get him to the top of the division or not going to secure wins because he makes a ton of mistakes. Like despite being a pretty highly regarded Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and good grappler, he makes some pretty, you know, like elementary mistakes that I think a guy in Danilo Marquez, who's trained under Damian Maya for years and years and years, I think that it's, it's a, it's a setup. I'm telling you, it's a setup. At least the, the odds are set up and the price ranges. And the reason I'm saying that is Danilo Marquez, like he talks about how, um, you know, before his MMA career, he had a hundred plus boxing fights. I did not know that. So, um, you, you wish those skills would really translate into the MMA cage because he doesn't have the best boxing output. But in the situation where a guy is so muscular and Jelton Almeida, you wonder how his gas tank is when he cannot find the finish. If you go back and you really dissect his record, it's a lot of submission finishes, occasional ground and pound finishes, which I could definitely see him pulling off, you know, against Danilo Marquez here, but you're not submitting to Danilo Marquez. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, you know, if he makes a mistake, a big guy and Danilo Marquez can get on top, then he's going to, you know, tax that gas tank a little bit more. And it's just interesting how a guy who's had, you know, multiple UFC fights, three UFC fights, not be the favorite against a guy who just looks, you know, uber talented, uber talented. I'm telling you, I'm going to sprinkle Danilo Marquez in, in X amount of lineups just because I feel like the odds are completely wrong. But as far as upside and skill, there's definitely something there with, uh, you know, Jalton Almeida. If, as long as he, like, refines some of his rawness and uh, if he has the correct coaches around him, we could see a guy reach his potential. But, man, there are some things that I saw on the regional film and uh, also, you know, on the contender series that I did not like. Let me just say this. You got to roster one of these three guys. Okay. Danilo Marquez, Sam Alvey, or Steven Peterson. Oh, damn. Damn, bro. Um, the three low, the lowest guys, because you know, you know, there are going to be, right? you know, there's going to be people who are watching us, listen to us, yeah. that are going to say, okay, I'm loading up on some high price guys. I found myself in this range for last man in. Yeah. I mean, I might go Steven Peterson. I would probably say that's the safest of them all. Um, the uh, the fighter that probably just naturally is going to get you know forgotten, it's going to be Danilo Marquez because of the betting lines and all that. But I, I tell you what, I think that it's completely mispriced. So I will say Marquez. I will say this: the one thing I will tell you about uh, when I'm doing my crunches for my twenty maxes for this one, I'm not xing anyone out. 150 max, I'm not xing anybody out. There's just not one that I'm sitting there going. Uh, I'm, there might be some fires I'm going to limit exposure on, Sam, but I'm Sam not. B. I'm not xing anybody out. Sam B. So's lock in Marquez. Hell no. No, 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 no. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, the odds are so wrong and that it's a lot for a guy to make his UFC debut. And when you see somebody make a ton of mistakes and his. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Opponent is going to be able to negate some of those skills. Like, yeah, Marquez could get taken down, but what happens if, uh, you know, Jalton Almeida gets taken down and he's on his back? Now he's got a guy who's trained with Damian Maya for a very, very, very long time. They, they called him like the seven-year brown belt or something forever before he was promoted to black belt. So he knows what he's doing as far as jujitsu. Next up, we got a match between Jason Witt and Phil Rowe. Jason Witt, 7,800, 8,400 for Phil Rowe here. Uh, I, so I spoke to Jason about, uh, about two, two, three weeks ago at this point. And uh, one of the, the things I thought was the most interesting is because when you look at what Phil Rowe has been doing, they were supposed to fight back in November. Fight gets canceled, gets moved to this state. Mm-hmm. Phil Rowe's had a lot of grappling competitions. And I thought it was interesting. I asked, I asked when I said, did you go back and did you watch those grappling? And he said, no, he goes, cause he's not gonna be able to handle my wrestling. Yeah. Thoughts I mean, uh, from a, from a fighter. When you hear that, what, what's kind of your thoughts on that? I mean, I get it. You have to have confidence. Um, some fighters don't like looking at their opponents' competitions or their fight film. I am a part of the complete opposite. I obsess over it. Um, but I mean, credit to him. He's just he needs to worry about what he has to implement and what he needs to do. Um, but it's gonna be a very, very difficult task going up there against Phil Rowe with a massive reach disadvantage. Um, he needs to close the space, and sometimes he's caught in the middle just, you know, on the receiving end of a lot of punches. And he's been knocked out a lot because of it. Uh, Samuelsberger, Soto, um, Phil Rowe, his takedown defense is completely horrible. Uh, I think that it can get better because of his long frame. And that's a skill set where I think can improve over time. And striking defense can improve over time, but uh, being your durability cannot, especially when you've been knocked out multiple times. So I think that the... The frame of Phil Rowe, I think that the length, the striking skills is eventually going to lead to a knockout victory um, over Jason Witt. However, 7,800 for a guy with some of the best wrestling upside on the card is something to note. So I just view this fight as a volatile fight. But as far as betting, I'll be betting Phil Rowe via KO or Phil Rowe via certain rounds. I think he's going to have to deal with some adversity similar to that Kosei fight and uh, look to come back and punish Jason Witt. I just don't think that Witt's chin can really hold up. But we've seen it, right? Julian Arosa getting knocked out left and right, and then he's he's able to withstand damage all of a sudden in certain fights. We've seen it with Brennan Allen, too. Pretty susceptible to getting hit by big shots, and then goes the distance and outpoints Punahela Soriano. So they just have to land correct, but I'm picking Phil Rowe to win the fight. Going against James Krause, Jim. Wow, that doesn't happen too often. It does not happen too often, but... But by yeah. the way, uh, a little note on James Krause's gym, uh, Leo Mano Martinez, who fights on next week's UFC card, has been training at glory leading up to this one. Uh, of course, uh, he trains at Metro, uh, 
Metro Fight Club in Houston. That was Saul Solis's gym. Of course, Saul oh. passed away yeah. uh, last year from COVID complications. So uh, you're seeing a lot of guys going from that gym and doing a lot of work at Glory. So uh, actually, I uh, spoke to, to Leo Mana uh, yesterday, something that came up there. Also, another guy I spoke to yesterday, a name you probably haven't heard from a while, oh. Austin Salmon. Oh, damn. What's he doing? Fights next, fight next week at, at Fury. He's he's had some injuries. Uh, he's now at 45. He's not cutting to 35 anymore. Told me if that he can't win next week, it's time for him to start figuring out other things to do in life. Damn, bro. You don't want to hear that in a fucking, oops, excuse my language. You don't want to hear that in an interview. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's my, that's you my barely genuine got power to response. Move. <laughs> yeah. That's my genuine response, right? Like, you know, you don't want to hear that. That's like one foot in one foot out. Definitely do not want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, when, when he, uh, he said that right at the beginning of our interview, I was like, Oh, whoa. Oh, that's uh that's an interesting uh comment. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, all the best to him. I hope that it works out so he doesn't have to think of that. But definitely something on a UFC card, if we heard that, we would probably be targeting the opposite opposite side. Yeah, that's always interesting uh when you hear that, of course. Uh one of the things that uh Pete and I love to see, we love to see those screenshots. We had a an also a team member takedown contest uh you know two weeks ago during the UFC mm-hmm. show, of course. What you gotta be doing, you gotta be rocking that Oswell avatar on your DFS profile, place the top three of the contest over five thousand contestants. Tweet your wins to at awesome HOF. You win a free month of also plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user. Per calendar year, looking at some of the people that have gone into the Oslo Hall of Fame uh, here recently, there you have uh, eight eight game taken down third place in an NBA contest over there on FanDuel. Congratulations to you. Also, Austin taking down second place in NBA contest over there on DraftKings. Also, uh, you know, Praz taking on a contest over there as well, taking down first place, winning 1500, 1500 over there in the NBA. Also, a KC taking down second in a NHL contest. Also, uh, Kyle taking down second place in an NHL contest as well. Another NHL winner, Bradley, uh, taking down a, a first place contest. Congratulations to all of you that have gone into the also Hall of Fame here over the past couple of days. You know, NBA, it's NBA is a tough DFS sport. I'm just saying, just saying, you you can take down first place in NBA contest. You're doing something right for sure. And I'm I'm a little annoyed that I haven't been able to play as much NBA as I I normally would be um, at the gym. You know how it is with NBA. Uh, you need to find that last bit of news, and if you miss out on that news, you could end up with some stinker lineup. So uh, I've been playing a little light and a little bit more of late night stuff and betting wise. But man, do I miss playing my full NBA slates? That's why you gotta have those score notifications on, so you know when uh, breaking news happens in the uh, NBA. I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding pads and hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. I'll be right back. I gotta go sub out my people. Hey, I, I get, I, I get home your pads. Sorry. I got to go over here. I got to change my lineup because yeah. my guy's out. <laughs> uh, That'd be hilarious. Maybe, maybe you need, maybe you just need an assistant hey, that's monitoring hey. notifications. And like, they've got the laptop up going. They've got the CSV ready to go to do your swaps. We're on to something, Jason. I think we're going to definitely. Is that, uh, is that in the that Rogers? The is that in the Rogers mixed martial arts uh, budget? It will be. It for sure will be. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we got, uh, of course, NBA Deeper Dive will be the next show live here at Osmo today, five o'clock each time. So keep it locked here. Of course, we got one more matchup and uh, 
Pete, to me, this is a matchup that, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's set up for one fighter and, and not set up for the other fighter. I believe this might be Malcolm Gordon's actually final UFC uh, fight on his contract. So I think you should tell you that, tell you that there. Uh, you know, Denny's 9,100. I think the question is just do you want to get there at that price tag? I do. I think that he is, uh, he might be my favorite 9,000 option. And the reason I say that is because of the concerns about Jalton Almeida. Um, if he can't get a finish, Brendan Allen, Juliana Rosa, um, Rachmanov in a very, very competitive fight. Denise Bondar looks like a guy that can definitely pick up a finish and against a guy in uh, Malcolm Gordon, who's been chinny throughout his career. He can't really take damage. Well, not really durable. Um, you know, when he's able to mix in takedowns and get in top position, he can solidify rounds and, and win that way. And as long as the fight gets stretched out, but anytime there's a, an exchange or, or some combinations thrown, you worry about him getting cracked and dropped. And I think a guy in Denise Bondar is just going to have the answer everywhere. Um, he has good ground and pound, good skills everywhere. I, I think that Malcolm Gordon could look like a deer in headlights, but obviously you don't really know how a fighter is going to respond in their UFC debut. Tons of octagon jitters. Certain fighters don't feel it. Certain fighters just go in there and business as usual. I think that Bondar is, is in an excellent spot here. This is a, uh, a layup, and I think that Bondar should should shine here and, and end up getting a hundred points for us. Yeah, and Gordon's one of those guys. It's a limited exposure for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I if he wins, obviously, like he's probably going to be a part of the optimal lineup. Um, yeah. It's just uh, going to be, you know, a lot of uphill sledding. Like it's going to be very difficult for him to to pull this off against Bondar. Before we get into your questions, we'll give our straight up fight picks, not DFS related here. Uh, main event, give me Sean Strickland. Strickland for me. Uh, co-main event, I will go Puna Heli Soriano. Same, Puna. Uh, I will go Rachmanov over Harris. Rachmanov. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree here on, on, on Brandon Allen. Yeah, Allen. Well, you gave me that look like you might. Were, were you about to say Sam Alvey? Hell no. I was definitely oh, okay. Not. You, just, you had that weird look going. Nah, uh, I'll I, go. I will go Gore over battle in the battle of the ultimate fighter alums. There you go. Treshawn Gore. Uh, give me my guy, Juicy J. Yeah. A Rosa for me as well. Uh, Miles John, John Castaneda. I'll go Miles Johns. Okay. I'm going Castaneda. Uh, I'll take Duwadu over Trezano. Duwadu. Uh, I'm going to go Inja Kwani because of that, that reach advantage. Yeah, Inja Kawani. I'm surprised you're doing that. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Alexis Davis. Uh, I think it's a sneaky, sneaky play. Same because of her salary. Uh, give me Almeida. I can't trust no Marquis. For the hell of it, I'm gonna just pick Marquez. Let's do it. All right. Here, here's a tough one for me. Is it really legitimately a tough one? Got a good relationship with Jason Witt. <laughs> got a good one with Jason. Oh, you got a. So you know what? I'm going with my guy. I'm, I'm don't feel great about it, but go with my guy, Jason Witt. All right, I am going against your guy, Phil Rowe. And uh, Bondar will be the pick in the first fight. Bondar as well. That's tough. That you know, man. We we got uh, good relationship this game. It, that's that's one of the hardest things, man. Yeah, it's a very difficult thing. Um, it's one thing if like, especially because like we're we're out in the public and we're saying things you know what i mean and i'm, I'm sure like Stephen a smith or shack or charles barkley like they, they have these same situations where they want to be fair but they also have relationships outside where friendships you know what i mean like it's it's tough 
let, let's just say um, Calvin Cater keeps receipts because I saw him on an interview after his fight going, yeah, I saw you pick against me. <laughs> to it to another reporter <laughs> yeah well good well hopefully he listened to our show and he realizes that we were backing him uh let me get a bitch a question uh from the score we got before the show uh from 1.6 he says who's going to take down city oh it's a good question man um who's going I, to- I, th- I like i think here here's your candidates i mean if jason witt's gonna win he's taking phil road take down city Totally agree. Probably the best upside on the slate. Um, you know, I, I do expect Almano Marquise to hit the ground, but I just don't know if it, it, that's going to be a situation where it's a ton of takedowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you got to look at the Johns Castaneda fight as another takedown city candidate. Yes, I think that could be tough. I think Alexis Davis, like, may not necessarily get like endless takedowns, but like a couple with tons of control time. And that's kind of basically the same thing. So I'm going to say Alexis Davis is going to take Stolia Rankle to take down city. And then you got to look at the two underdogs in the main event, co-main event. That is their path to winning. For sure. Jack Hermanson needs to take Strickland to take down city or else he's going to get bullied throughout five rounds. And who is throwing them bungalows? Well, Phil Rose, when he's throwing them bungalows, Strickland, number one. Yeah. Puna, number two. Um, Injikwani. Treshawn Gore, Injikwani. Yeah. Like they, all these guys are like really solid strikers. So definitely Very much walk so. into a bonus. Of course, got a couple more minutes left of the show. We'll try to get some of these questions that uh, came in throughout the show here. Um, no, I saw a couple over here in the YouTube chat that stuck out to me. Uh, uh, Maximoff, Trezano, or Castaneda coming from Tony? It's a good question, and I think that's going to be a difficult one for a lot of people to decide between. Um, Maximoff probably has the most upside of everybody right there, but I'm going to pick Castaneda to pull out the victory. Uh, a question from Casey over in Discord Which favorite to fade? Might be that not fade, but let's see. Let's rank these. I might say Brandon Allen, and it's not a fade because he's going to win the fight. It's just a a score fade. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's probably not going to pay aspect, off that yeah. ninety three hundred price tag. Yeah, no, no question, no question. Um, by the way, Spencer uh, Fanduel uh, has their salaries have come out. They came out actually here during the show. Uh, liking at. MVP over on FanDuel. Um, I think it, go, it kind of goes along the, the same fires that you. Sean Strickland has a chance to really rack up some points over there. Um, you know, uh, it, it, man, if if FanDuel still had those takedown defenses, he would be like, uh, you know, a key component over MVP. Of course, they don't have that uh, anymore. Um, you know, other ones that I would probably look at um, that I feel kind of you know pretty good about. Um, Bondar, I think, is one that I'd really look at. Yeah, I, I really like that call. I, I expect him to get a finish. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Abram, by the way, be expecting an email on, on that. Uh, if, if you don't get that in the next 24 to 48 hours, just hit up Osimo and uh, we'll, we'll uh, have somebody get in contact with you. But uh, that is going to do it 
for this edition of the also MMA strategy show. Of course, uh, thank you to our sponsor prize picks. Of course, we'll be back here on Saturday live before lock. I believe we're on 3 PM Eastern time, one hour right before the fights will lock there. So keep it locked here all day long. Of course, I uh, come up here later on today. We got the NBA deeper dive. So that is going to do it for this edition. Of the also MMA strategy show. We will talk to you on Saturday for live before lock. Have a good day, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.